section three of psychology of the unconscious by carl jung this librivox recording is in the public domain section three authors introductories authors note my task in this work has been to investigate an individual fantasy system and in the doing of it problems of such magnitude have been uncovered that my endeavour to grasp them in their entirety has necessarily meant only a superficial orientation toward those paths the opening and exploration of which may possibly crown the work of future investigators with success i am not in sympathy with the attitude which favours the repression of certain possible working hypotheses because they are perhaps erroneous and so may possess no lasting value certainly i endeavoured as far as possible to guard myself from error which might indeed become especially dangerous upon these dizzy heights for i am entirely aware of the risks of these investigations however i do not consider scientific work as a dogmatic contest but rather as a work done for the increase and deepening of knowledge this contribution is addressed to those having similar ideas concerning science in conclusion i must render thanks to those who have assisted my endeavours with valuable aid especially my dear wife and my friends to whose disinterested assistance i am deeply indebted zurich c g jung quotation from guglielmo ferrero therefore theory which gives to facts their value and significance is often very useful even if it is partially false for it throws light on phenomena which no one observed it forces an examination from many angles of facts which no one had hitherto studied and it gives the impulse for more extended and more productive researches it is therefore a moral duty for the man of science to expose himself to the risk of committing error and to submit to criticism in order that science may continue to progress a writer has attacked the author for this very severely saying here is a scientific ideal very limited and very paltry but those who are endowed with a mind sufficiently serious and impersonal as not to believe that all that they write is the expression of truth absolute and eternal approve of this theory which places the aims of science well above the miserable vanity and paltry amour popre of the scientist guglielmo ferrero les lois psychologiques du symbolisme eighteen ninety five preface page eight part one introduction any one who can read freud's interpretation of the dream without scientific rebellion at the newness and apparently unjustified daring of its analytical presentation and without moral indignation at the astonishing nudity of the dream interpretation and who can allow this unusual array of facts to influence his mind calmly and without prejudice will surely be deeply impressed at that place where freud calls to mind the fact that an individual psychologic conflict namely the incest fantasy is the essential root of that powerful ancient dramatic material the oedipus legend the impression made by this simple reference may be likened to that wholly peculiar feeling which arises in us if for example in the noise and tumult of a modern street we should come across an ancient relic the corinthian capital of a walled-in column or a fragment of inscription just a moment ago we were given over to the noisy ephemeral life of the present when something very far away and strange appears to us 
which turns our attention to things of another order a glimpse away from the incoherent multiplicity of the present to a higher coherence in history very likely it would suddenly occur to us that on this spot where we now run busily to and fro a similar life and activity prevailed two thousand years ago in somewhat other forms similar passions moved mankind and man was likewise convinced of the uniqueness of his existence i would liken the impression which the first acquaintance with the monuments of antiquity so easily leaves behind to that impression which freud's reference to the oedipus legend makes for while we are still engaged with the confusing impressions of the variability of the individual soul suddenly there is opened a revelation of the simple greatness of the oedipus tragedy that never extinguished light of the grecian theatre this breadth of outlook carries in itself something of revelation for us the ancient psychology has long since been buried among the shadows of the past in the schoolroom one could scarcely repress a sceptical smile when one indiscreetly reckoned the comfortable matronly age of penelope and the age of jocasta and comically compared the result of the reckoning with the tragic erotic struggles in the legend and drama we did not know at that time and who knows even to-day that the mother can be the all-consuming passion of the son which perhaps undermines his whole life and tragically destroys it so that not even the magnitude of the oedipus fate seems one jot overdrawn rare and pathologically understood cases like ninon de l'enclos and her son lie too far removed from most of us to give a living impression but when we follow the paths traced out by freud we arrive at a recognition of the present existence of such possibilities which although they are too weak to enforce incest are still strong enough to cause disturbances of considerable magnitude in the soul the admission of such possibilities to one's self does not occur without a great burst of moral revulsion resistances arise which only too easily dazzle the intellect and through that make knowledge of self impossible whenever we succeed however in stripping feelings from more scientific knowledge than that abyss which separates our age from the antique is bridged and with astonishment we see that oedipus is still a living thing for us the importance of such an impression should not be undervalued we are taught by this insight that there is an identity of elementary human conflicts existing independent of time and place that which affected the greeks with horror still remains true but it is true for us only when we give up a vain illusion that we are different that is to say more moral than the ancients we of the present day have nearly succeeded in forgetting that an indissoluble common bond binds us to the people of antiquity with this truth a path is open to the understanding of the ancient mind an understanding which so far has not existed and on one side leads to an inner sympathy and on the other side to an intellectual comprehension through buried strata of the individual soul we come indirectly into possession of the living mind of the ancient culture and just precisely through that do we win that stable point of view outside our own culture from which for the first time an objective understanding of their mechanisms would be possible at least that is the hope which we get from the rediscovery of the oedipus problem the inquiry made possible by freud's work has already resulted fruitfully we are indebted to this stimulation for
bold attacks upon the territory of the history of the human mind there are the works of ricklin abraham rank meter jones recently silberer has joined their ranks with a beautiful investigation entitled fantasy und mythus we are indebted to pfister for a comprehensive work which cannot be overlooked here and which is of much importance for christian religious psychology the leading purpose of these works is the unlocking of historical problems through the application of psychoanalytic knowledge that is to say knowledge drawn from the activity of the modern unconscious mind concerning specific historical material i must refer the reader entirely to the specified works in order that he may gain information concerning the extent and the kind of insight which has already been obtained the explanations are in many cases dubious in particulars nevertheless this detracts in no way from the total result it would be significant enough if only the far-reaching analogy between the psychologic structure of the historical relics and the structure of the recent individual psychologic products alone were demonstrated this proof is possible of attainment for every intelligent person through the work done up to this time the analogy prevails especially in symbolism as ricklin rank meter and abraham have pointed out with illuminating examples it is also shown in the individual mechanisms of unconscious work that is to say in repression condensation etc as abraham explicitly shows up to the present time the psychoanalytic investigator has turned his interest chiefly to the analysis of the individual psychologic problems it seems to me however that in the present state of affairs there is a more or less imperative demand for the psychoanalyst to broaden the analysis of the individual problems by a comparative study of historical material relating to them just as freud has already done in a masterly manner in his book on leonardo da vinci for just as the psychoanalytic conceptions promote understanding of the historic psychologic creations so reversedly historical materials can shed new light upon individual psychologic problems these and similar considerations have caused me to turn my attention somewhat more to the historical in the hope that out of this new insight into the foundations of individual psychology might be won End of section three